Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp, Fightful.com. It is February 26th, and we have a stacked weekend here at Fightful.com. We have the Listen Your Boy news podcast today. Check it out. Thursday, we have WWE Super Showdown, or as we call it, Alex Sands of Time. It's been a while. Uh, <laughs> then on Friday, the Distraction Podcast is back. SmackDown post show. Then Saturday, AEW Revolution. Mr. Warren Hayes will be leading that podcast along with Jeff Hawkins. Uh, if you all want to check out my review, I'll be doing one when I get back from Chicago on FightfulSelect.com. I'll tell you more about Fightful Select later. Uh, while while I have you here, if you're in Tampa for uh, WrestleMania week, Sean Ross App Served Hall brought to you by Primetime Pro Wrestling. Uh, Thursday, April 2nd at American Legion Post 5. We just announced Tasha Steeles versus Faye Jackson. I am so excited for this match. This this uh, just adds to Jonathan Gresham, Fred Yehi. Check it out. The information is over at Primetime PW on Twitter. But we've got AEW and NXT to talk about. If you're watching live... You can donate a Super Chat any amount. Get your question or statement read on the air. You can leave a thumbs up. You can subscribe. You can tap the bell for notifications. But I'm going to go ahead and kick it off. One word. Who won tonight? I'm saying, okay, I won't say one word. AEW and a landslide. Alex, what do you got as you swig one down? I do. Um, uh, uh, AEW. And Warren. AEW. Dare I say, guys, this might have been one of the more one-sided evenings that we have ever seen in this iteration of the Wednesday Night Wars. Um, Alex, I, you're usually on the NXT beat. How, yeah, how did you I'm feel gonna, about this? I mean, uh, yeah, I want. The, I, I'd like for them to to do a little bit better, considering they're they're losing the ratings wars every every time, and and they're pulling out really lazy um, paint by numbers, you know. Let's, you know, get heat on the foreign heels bullshit. So, yeah, I mean, there's like a lot of stuff they could do a lot better than this. They're, they seem to be running back Gargano versus Ciampa again, which, I mean, okay, but there's other things to do. No, I mean, I'm looking forward to with, without, all of the case matches next week, but for yes. right now, tonight, it was like... Without spoiling NXT, because we're going to cover AEW first. True, true. Uh, 
Tim Traver sends a super chat and he says, Today is my wife and I's 12 year anniversary. Damn, this month was my wife and I's 12 month dating anniversary. So congrats to you, Tim. Very awesome. Rob Wilkins says, I would like SRS, Dead Guy, and Alex to give me your gut feeling. Is Matt Hardy going to AEW? By the way, Rob, I'll answer your NXT question as NXT happens. My gut reaction is, yeah, I think he is, Warren. What do you think? First of all, speaking of dead, let's kill the meme, all right? The dead guy <laughs> stuff. My God. Um, you know, I, that's my instinct, right? But it, especially with uh, Evil Uno's very, very uh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge tease tonight, I yeah. don't know if they're leaning into it too hard and just to swerve us. Because I still think that Matt Hardy, it would be logical for Matt Hardy to go back to Impact, which was his, which was the center of his career renaissance a couple of years ago. It would make perfect sense for him to go there, head to Ring of Honor. AEW, of course, is an option, but you know what? If I'd like it, I think it'd make sense. But at this stage, I'm just, I'm, I'm letting myself be surprised by what happens next. Alex, any, any thoughts on that? Uh, I'm, I, yeah, I think he sh- he he is going, and that he should go, because I feel like they they'd at least let him be creative, which yeah. is you know the whole, I think the whole point is like he was he wasn't hired uh, by by WWE this last time to be creative for them. Nope. He was hired so he couldn't be creative for somebody else. Sure. And now he's going to be creative for some something that looks like it's like it's really rolling into form. AEW. So if he goes there and is able to work his creative magic, not only get himself over, but also other acts over like he could in, in Impact, uh, yeah, it would be a huge boon for them. Now had somebody say, oh, I don't think WWE screwed him over, and I'm like, yeah, well, yeah, they did. They did. After the Bray Wyatt <laughs> angle, they sat him for six months. After Jeff got hurt, they sat him for ten months. That They screwed him. That's the reason why they can't add more time to his deal, and they are adding to Jeff's. But let's talk about AEW. Kicked off with the 30-man or 30-minute Iron Man match. This is the Kenny Omega that when he jumped, you said, "Okay, that's the guy. He's mm-hmm. he's the one." This is the Kenny Omega that we saw against Okada. This is the Kenny Omega. This is him. And this pack is the pack that we've needed to see and Normally, I'd be like, you know what? I don't need Pac taking losses like this. But considering the direction they're going, hot dog, Warren. This rule that went to a draw. And, you know, we, we want a clean winner or loser. And the pop that Justin Roberts got when he said, no, this is going to continue under sudden death rules. We're like, all right, this this is AEW. This is how it should be. This is awesome. Omega wins with a one-winged angel. This ruled, Warren. There, uh, anyone who finds a problem with this match is just out to nitpick and has something against fun because this match was this Alex. Match was... <laughs> Alex, what are you possibly gonna bitch about? Oh, I'll, I'll let I'll let Warren do all the set in the table, and I'll just say the thing that I wanted to say at the end. That's Pack all. cannot lose. No, he cannot lose. Say that. This was, I mean, you you basically said everything that I wrote in my notes. This is exactly the Kenny Omega that uh, that 
everyone was expecting to see in AEW, and and, and we we got him again tonight. This they said it themselves. This is the third time that he and Pac uh, fought in AEW. This is by far the best match that the two have had together. This is the match that we expected out of them uh, during their first encounter, but we didn't quite get. There was something a little off with it, and. This was it tonight. My God, man. My God. It starts off so... We, we've got, we get great wrestling. We get some incredible spots. I loved how early on you know, uh, Omega tries to get the, uh, the one-winged angel and Pac reverses out of it with a brutalizer, which I, or at least a brutalizer attempt, which I thought was fantastic. The top rope brain buster my god and i was like okay kenny omega wants to die tonight and that was compounded i, I think he when did pa- several times wait he he definitely died on the falcon arrow off the apron jesus my god there's the shooting star pressed through the table you know what we don't put over pack enough as being one of the all-time greats that guy can do it all he can do everything he's strong he can fly and he can sell like no one else i adored how the match was booked with Pac with the I mean those chair shots the chair shots were incredibly sick with this the side of the chair right up right on the head fantastic stuff not exactly a chair shot to the head right we're like it's like that that thin line where it looks brutal enough and we're not breaking any rules no one's getting a C no one's getting a concussion tonight I loved how it was booked that Pac took one win just to get the uh, just to get the immediate win other uh, after that which is much better than another recent 30-minute or fairly recent 30-minute Iron Man match where we had oh, all these pinfall attempts, all the you know, we got like seven or eight in a row. This was masterfully done. I love the twist at the end. This was so, so, so good. We were spoiled tonight. Alex, I know that you wanted Ember Moon to win this. No, not that she one did either. not. <laughs> No, it wasn't that. Um, I I believe that uh, Pac is absolutely on the level of Kenny Omega. He is on his on his best night. He's on on the same level, and Kenny Omega may be the best in the world. That you have two of the legitimately the top five guys in the world right now. I mean, I, mean, I don't know. I don't. I would be struggled to find ten guys better than either of these two. Lo- I loved everything up until sudden death, and then it was oh, God, like Alex, and then it was like. Well, it seems like neither of these guys know it's going to be sudden death if it goes to a draw. And it was it's like the WrestleMania 12 a match where um, the guy has somebody else in a submission and it goes to a, a time limit draw and then immediately loses. Like, it feels like it's kind of punishing, it's booked to punish the guy. Like, Pac won the 30 minutes and then he got caught because he didn't realize that they were going to start the match immediately and then lost the thing. It, it looked like I didn't, I, I wish they had done at least, I don't know, two to three minutes of sudden death overtime, as opposed to it's overtime. It's over that. I didn't, I didn't like that. I didn't like uh, that. I mean, it's, it, it's like sports. It's like real sports where you have, you know, this one team who's oh, working yes. really hard, but the other team's defense is just too harsh. Yes. And Absolutely. and then at the, you I, you get I, to I, overtime I, and then all of a sudden whoopsie doopsie it's the other yeah. team that gets the the final score. Yeah. You know what you know what they had to do um, in the NFL uh, they they had to change the overtime rules so that you couldn't immediately win in overtime the you other can. Time, the other 
but the other guys get a chance to have the ball. I no, don't care about the touchdown. NFL. Not if you this score is, a touchdown. It's pro wrestling. This was fine. This was a great story. It was fantastic. And you know what else on top of that? It took Kenny Omega to – he had to use both of the Golden Lovers finishers to put Pac away at the same time, which I thought was a nice touch. There you go, Alex Pulowski. And and Pac's consolation prize for losing this feud with Kenny Omega is a joke feud with Orange Cassidy. That ain't a That's joke a, feud. What are you that ain't a joke, joke feud. feud. It's a joke oh feud. You gotta do it. You are smoking that Milwaukee Kush. Absolutely. <laughs> the guy. Let's talk about it. Yeah. You're having. You have Pac, who is going to be fighting Orange Cassidy. One of the most over wrestlers in the company who yeah. has not wrestled a single match. His first AEW match on pay-per-view is against Pac. How is this a joke, Alex? Orange Cassidy, Orange Cassidy has the ultimate curmudgeon, Chris D'Elia. The ultimate curmudgeon going, this is the dopest shit I've ever seen. Because Orange Cassidy is a comedy character. He's... <laughs> Kind of. But... No, no, he is. No, he's a, he's entirely a comedy character. He gets to the. I love Orange Cassidy, but he's entirely a comedy character. And Pac is brutally serious, and you you're forcing him to change who he is in order to have a match. Alex, Alex, Alex I'm, Pulowski. I'm just saying. I, I am taking away your broserweight card if you <gasps> dare continue down this route. This route, saying, well, "Hey, the serious guy and, and the goofy guy can't work together." Alex. I'm telling you, be careful. I, huh? I look at this and I see Pac as the ultimate foil to Orange Cassidy because <laughs> Pac hates everything that yes. Orange Cassidy stands for. And the thing is, we like that was a part of the discussion later. Like Chuck was like, oh, he's going to take it serious. And Trent's like, well, no, we didn't say that. We can't promise that. We can't guarantee it. And there's intrigue to this to me. This is something that I feel like WWE main roster lacks so much. We're seeing a first in so many different ways here. We don't know what we're getting out of Orange Cassidy. But the thing is, a lot of people want to see it. They want to find out what they're going to get out of Orange Cassidy. And I think that's just masterful. But, I mean, what about, like, Ishii and Yano? How about anybody versus Yano? Like... That happens all the time. Yeah, no, I, 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 I agree. I'm, I mean, obviously, my bias towards Pac is showing, because I believe he's one of the top five guys in the world, and I, and I, I can't, I, I don't want to sit by and watch. If they're not going to introduce a mid card title that he can compete for, I don't want to sit by and watch him, like, absent from the title picture for more than like six more months. Like he's too, he's too good. I think he's this just, is a good spot good. for him, though, because he's in there with one of the most over people in period. Yep. Right. If this were him versus, ah, I don't know, all due respect to Alex Silver, but if it were Alex Silver or John Silver, whichever the hell, Alex Reynolds and John Silver, if it was oh. any combination of them or both, yes. I'd have a big problem with it. Kevin yeah. Langhoff says, Alex versus Warren, the real Wednesday night war. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Alex used to go at it like this every Monday. Oh, it was, it was a lot it of fun. Was, it was good shit. Good shit. Good shit. So nothing new here. <laughs> <sighs> Inner Circle. 
Sammy Guevara, Santana, and Ortiz to, uh, take on Jurassic Express. Uh, they went, uh, Jurassic Express wins. Marco Stunt got his ass whipped as he should mm-hmm. have. Mm-hmm. But Darby Allen shows up, causes a distraction. This is the kind of distraction I'm okay with because Darby Allen didn't just walk out there and be like, Hey, here I am. What's up? He took something from Sammy. Sammy's like, Huh? And that causes the win. Also, Taz selling that snap here at Kenrana was really good because it looked like it was nasty on Jungle Boy. But also, I like a snap here at Kenrana winning a match. I dug this. Thought it was fine. Luchasaurus is looking better and better each time out. He had that hamstring injury, and quite honestly, I wasn't convinced for a while that he was 100%. He's looking a lot better. Uh, Warren, what'd you think of this? I I love this match. I thought it was amazing. It was a really, really good trios match. I love the opening sequence where you had all sorts of triple team offense from both teams, from Jurassic Express and then from the inner circle. I thought it was really, really well laid out. It w- and you know what? It was it, – it had energy, and the guys were working. And anyone should have been terrified to go after Pac and Omega, but look at these guys come in and tear it up. This was not a cool-down match. You didn't – this was – it just blew my mind at how good it was immediately after – arguably already one of the best matches of the uh, one of the best matches of the year so far on especially for a TV match uh it was fantastic i loved the 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 triple um the, the the triple super kick spot that um that Jurassic Express did each guy going from from the corners i don't remember them doing that before but i really think they should add that to their arsenal as the as they continue competing as a trio, because you know they go, they set they set each other up. It can can quickly turn into a crowd favorite spot. I really really liked it. Um, I thought I thought this was a fantastic fantastic match. I loved it. Evan Wright says AEW needs a trios title after the mid card titles put in. I would hold off on that for a while. Um, I I do think that AEW has an abundance of tag teams, as we're about to talk about uh, after this as well. I definitely think we got to wait and see how that second TV show hashes out. Like, what's that going to be? Maybe, if so, maybe then you consider it. How much is their roster going to grow? Well, well, we'll wait and see. I do like the idea of running a, a trios or faction-based organization. It works exceptionally well for New Japan. I think WWE, when they do it, uh, it, it helps out a lot, too. It gives you a reason for some of these combinations. And, mm-hmm. like, two months ago, Buddy Murphy and Seth Rollins would have sounded absolutely fun but not made a lot of sense. Now it makes a lot of sense. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm open to that idea, but I, I want to see them hash out this mid-card title first because they do have a tag title already. Speaking of the tag titles... Uh, Best Friends defeated Butcher and the Blade with the Bunny. You have Orange Cassidy and the Bunny at it in the middle of the ring. When I see this, I kind of understand some of Alex's criticism because this was very comedy-oriented, and I do feel like they leaned awfully heavily into Orange Cassidy on this evening. Uh, I like the Best Friends getting the win, but, man, Butcher and the Blade are just a nothing right now, Warren. Which is odd because they had a really strong showing in the uh, in the battle royal, right? They, they they were one of the last teams, and I thought that this that it was a 
it was a making performance for them because they did come across as dominant. They tossed out a bunch of teams. I I felt they looked really, really good. And honestly, I thought they were going to get the win over Best Friends, who is a team that I really like. Don't get me wrong. I really, I really like Trent. I'm a big Trent guy. I think Chucky e. T is, you know, he's uh, self-aware enough in the ring to just make him entertaining. I, I, I like I like the combination. I always did. The but it's a it's a weird decision. I really thought that Butcher and the Blade should have gone over. I think they would have they needed it a little more than Best Friends. Uh, it's not as if Best Friends winning helps Orange Cassidy going yeah. into the the pay per view. You know, it's it, it, it it's an odd decision. I'm glad that they won. Don't get me wrong, but it's just a little strange. Alex, I know you're you seem to enjoy Sirloin Beef Sons of Bitches uh, Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah, what do you think about them being beaten over and over again? You know, it's um, I don't know. I mean, they're 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 AEW's answer to the Ascension. I mean, like I I don't getting a lot of comparisons in the chat to that actually, as you mentioned. I, that. I, I don't I don't I don't know. Like it's a weird thing. Like I I here's the thing. The a few weeks ago there was a segment. Honestly, it might have been my favorite thing that AEW has ever done. It was it was uh, uh, MJF and Wardlow walking into the back room of the butcher's butcher shop, mm-hmm. and and handing them like no words were exchanged, and handing the bunny an envelope full of cash just said Young Bucks on it, and I was like, that's awesome. That's old but wrestling right there. Those two dudes could not be less good at that job. Like the <laughs> idea that they're being paid to beat up people. And take them out and just just lose it all the time. Did they have to give the cash envelope back? Like they should. They should. They should have a refunds policy in the case that they go out there and get their asses beat. But I love the idea of just two dudes who like don't care about wins and losses, but they will hurt people. Like that's cool because that's what they're in it for. They're in it for the money. So you can beat them, but after the match, they're going to come at you with a baseball bat or something. Like, do something with it. I would like Otherwise, to see that. it's kind of weird. I would like to see it explained sometime with some talent that more successful talent leverage their deals to keep their friends on the roster. Because otherwise, why is Peter Avalon still there? Like, mm-hmm. if he's O and a billion, if Brandon Cutler's O and a billion, well gotta say, oh, well, the Bucks keep Brandon Cutler around because it's their buddy. And, like, MJF needs to say that to them. Like, we, I need a reason why an O and 16 guy doesn't drop a league, so to speak. And uh, I think, like, if MJF says, well, I, the only reason that, I, that they're here is because I said that they had to be or else they might lose me, too, that would make a lot more sense, but... Uh, after this, we get the Orange Cassidy news that he's going to face Pac. And Tony goes, are you going to take it seriously? And he just gives a... <laughs> but uh, I got to talk about a couple things that AEW just knocked out of the park. Jesus Christ. There's a video package airing between the history of Cody and MJF. And it's a video package. It's cool. It's good. We didn't need to see them on this episode. I think it works. We see a Dark Order video where they say the Exalted One is near. Evil Uno says they'll take care of SCU at AEW Revolution. And they they throw in a little Matt Hardy hint. They say that they'll be obsolete. 
and then we get a sit-down interview. But before we get into the sit-down interview, let's talk yeah. about these video clips. Warren, AEW does this so mm. well. Their, their, their video production is top-notch. You cannot uh... – you you can't uh, you can't say anything again against it. The MJF and Cody stuff, like you said, you know, it retraces the story. At the same time, we don't we don't really need to be to have the story retraced. Or at least look, hang on, let me start over. WWE does these packages because they oftentimes are able to manipulate a narrative into something cohesive where you're like, oh, well, when you put it all together like this, it makes sense, right? Whereas the the entire Cody MJF feud has been so meticulously well put together week after week. We don't really need a package. We're like, hey, do you, remember when these guys were friends? They used to hang out. They were buddies. And then the, the bad stuff happened. And then MJF did these stipulations. Everything about this feud has been about m- real credible moments from Cody's insanely good promo, but there's one in particular yeah. that we all remember of, remember about, to him moonsaulting off a cage. Everything, but bloody, you know, it's just been really good. We didn't need it, but it was still good to see. It was well done. And as for the Dark Order, this is how the Dark Order works cryptic messages threatening stuff just little tidbits like this we, we don't know where they are we don't know yeah. exactly where, where what environment they're in we didn't need more than that it was just it was dark enough it was weird enough and it worked and yeah i mean call is uh, saying uh, you know uh, christopher daniels uh, we're going to take care of you another uh, after that you'll be obsolete <laughs> cut to black oh my god okay <laughs> Yeah, they're leaning into it hard, and they should, regardless of whether Matt Hardy's going. They should. They announced the signing of Lance Archer, who, of course, also rumored. Brody Lee is rumored. There's a lot of people rumored. And if I were them, I would lean into all the rumors. Why not? Mm-hmm. And now, not to break up the like fest here, but there was a four-way match. Yuka Sakazaki, Big Soul, Hikaru Shida. Shayna and uh, I think Sakazaki and Sheeta looked really good. There was an awful lot of spin twirl duck, spin yeah. twirl duck. I I like all these women, but there's an awful lot of that, like duck under something, spin around, spin around, hit, duck, twirl, spin, and I'm like, okay, you, it can't be that all the time. It cannot be there all the time, and I do not know who's producing this match or agenting it. But some somebody needs to say that. I I can't watch that every time and have it result in a strike like that. That sounds the same as every other strike that I hear them do after that as well. There needs to be some parody. That was one of my top criticisms of Lucha Underground. Every kick sounded exactly the same. Why was that? Because they edited it to sound the same in post-production. Nothing sounded unique. I want things to feel and seem unique. Hikaru Shida got the win, and I'm I'm fine with that. Um, I mean, I've got an enhancement stories, a big swole that's been sitting in the can for two years. I'm just, I'm just waiting for that title shot she gets so I can release it, <laughs> and you all can hear about how she gave Nia Jax a receipt during their match. But uh, it ain't going to be now. It looks like Hikaru Shida is getting that little nudge. What would you think of this, Warren? I thought it was uh, I thought it was rough. Uh, I thought I agree with you and there were, you know, I'd even go as far as to say that there was, 
there was a lot of posturing, but there wasn't a lot of fighting, you know, a lot of, uh, a, a lot of setting stuff up, a lot of, like you said, a lot of dodging and rolling around. Lots of, hey, let's do, let's try to do so, uh, four, four women offense, some reversals in and out of stuff a, a lot. Whereas yeah. I think the match could have really, um, it could have benefited from having more one-on-one uh, spots, just two women fighting, just giving some time to breathe. Um, I don't like when, and, you know, this was a criticism with the Battle Royal, um, the, the tag team Battle Royal. Uh, I don't like it when, you know, there's someone in the ring and they're just lying under the apron and they're not knocked out or anything. They're just like lying there and looking at the match. That happened a couple of times. And, you know, I love Big Swole. I think she has a lot, a lot to contribute to the women's division. Her her offense is strange sometimes. Like she, it, it, when she strikes, it, 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 sometimes it looks like she's pulling her punches, like she's going in a little soft or, or like she hesitates. It's strange sometimes, other, well, whereas other times she just lays in. Um, but other moments, I don't know. It, it was it was an odd. It was it was a bit of the it was the odd man out tonight, and it was a women's match. However, I did appreciate Excalibur putting his his weeb cred on full blast to Jr. Referencing Hakushan Daimao Daimao uh, on 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 television, and Jr. just. Just shutting down. It's like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Explaining what anime is. Mwah, chef's kiss. I Ev- adored that. Evan Wright says, popped hard for Yuka's TJPW theme on Dynamite. Uh, I'll say this. Every time I watch Big Swole work and I see her body language and selling, I think she can be a transcendent star. I think she can be a- an anchor of that division. Uh, Alex, please tell me that you saw this sit-down interview. Um, I, 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 I was watching it, but I'm, I forget what was going on on NXT at the same time, but you know, that's my job sure, to cover sure. NXT. So I was watching it and I, and I was like, I love the idea. The one thing, part of it that I love the most was, uh, pages getting pissy at, at Omega about like, so this was all just some kind of accident. Like mm-hmm. didn't even, didn't even care. Just, just, yes. just, just, it just ha- happened, happened to be there. Huh? And I loved Omega's like, no, but you understand, like, like we rose like really quickly. We came from nothing. And like, I loved all of that. But like the, the testiness between all of this has been fantastic. Pages like sink into like, um, like realizing these dudes are all full of themselves. He doesn't really want to be a part of this club anymore. Like I'm, I'm kind of out of it now. I loved all of that of him becoming self-aware. I just, and yet still, don't love that it includes the casual alcoholism as well. Like you could do all of this stuff without having him have to have a drink in his hand. Well, that's, that's the that's thing. It. That's that you know, the young bucks got mad that he brought a drink. You know, yes. like why aren't you? Why would you do that type of thing? I, I do like that it's not being used as as a crutch. As like a ha ha ha. They're like, right. what are you doing? Type of thing. Uh, Warren, I thought this was amazing. They. They said that Hangman Page was a jobber before they got a hold of him. Nick Jackson says you were a jobber in Ring of Honor. We made you a star. My God. If the Young Bucks are not the heels in this entire situation, I don't know what I'm watching. I don't like the Young Bucks. And that's fantastic (laughs) because Adam Page is right. 
the thing is, is that Adam Page is right. The Young Bucks are sitting there and they're saying, yeah, you know, there's this between us, but we're friends, you know, the sure the tag titles, but you know, the tag titles, nothing's we're the in the elite and the elite is bigger than all of this. Adam Page is like, hey, I told you guys weeks ago, I wanted to out of the elite and you didn't listen to me. What are you talking about? This is bigger than the elite. What about me? I think it's great. And what I love about all of this when when Hangman started getting pissy with 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 Omega, he was holding his drink and he had the title like uh, just propped up against his waist. Well, then he flips the title over to the side and he puts his drink on. He starts using it as a coaster. And I don't know if you guys noticed that oh. everything that Adam Page does in this entire feud is so subtle and just simple things. It is so refreshing to see things in wrestling that aren't overblown and cartoonish and shoved down your throats. Babyface, you heel, babyface, heel. Exactly. Smile. You have to look at Adam Page's entire reactions, his body language, where he, he turns to Jerry. He's like, wait, wait, what do you mean I'm un uncomfortable? I'm not uncomfortable. What do you You're uncomfortable. You know, it's like everything about this sit-down interview was amazing. And if you... If you don't think Adam Page is going to be a singles superstar for AEW moving on, you're completely delusional. You haven't been watching the same thing. It's so good. If if this whole title uh, tag team title situation, if it if it all it, if all it was designed for was to get Adam Page over as a top babyface in the company, then they did it with such majesty. They not only was the storyline great, but they rehabilitated Adam Page's character from something that was becoming quite stale into this, into a hot, hot, yeah, hot they, act. This is fantastic. There are so many people in AEW that are big names, but and I wouldn't even call it Shades of Grey. You get to decide whose side you're on. Not a lot really changed about Cody. He hugged his brother after mm -hmm. they fought. Like, and he he moved on to something else. Omega, the Bucks, Hangman Page. There's, like, you could find benefits and detriments to all that. And I, I love it. I just think they're doing that really, really well. They really are. Oh, I thought they did this main event weigh-in really well, too. They brought Gary Michael freaking Capetta. Who I identify with just like my earliest – my earliest wrestling memory is seeing Ric Flair standing on one turnbuckle, Great Muda on the other, cage match, Sting climbs up, tears out his knee. That's the era that I I was like, what is this? And Gary Michael Capetta was around for a lot of that. And he yeah, was – he was Capetta is one of the reasons WCW went under though. Yeah. Well, he was with it tonight. This, I mean – He's more with it tonight than Bret Hart was when he came and did his AEW appearance. Like, he didn't stumble. He was great. And they do this weigh-in. The inner circle's doing the goddamn Gracie family train. It's so corny and ridiculous, but they are taking it so seriously because they're doofy sons of bitches. Moxley weighs in at 234 pounds. Uh, no, first off, he ain't. First off, but <laughs> Moxley ends up headbutting him. Dustin Road runs out, or Dustin Rhodes runs out. Darby Allen runs out. There's there's a big brawl. 
Jericho ends up dropping Moxley with the Judas effect. And uh, Jericho then hit Moxley with a paradigm shift onto the sh- onto the scale. I thought this was real good stuff, Warren. Um, you know, as part of the Warren Hayes lore, you know, contract signings are the devil. Uh, and I had a lot of people tweeting at me in the lead up. You know, it was like, oh, you know, this maybe this is going to be like a contract signing, Warren. And then Jr. just before going going to it, he says. We have a contract signing coming up. I'm like, I got, okay, I'm triggered for real now. Thank you very much. I'm waiting. But, oh, this just hit me. You know, you know, Joey Ryan's penis party shouldn't have contract signings. They should have dick measuring contests. Because <laughs> yeah. that's what all these are. They're dick measuring yeah. contests. And I, I mean, hey, I could think of a lot worse wrestling segments than Chris Jericho teasing that he's going to do a dick measuring contest. <laughs> Right. I swear mine's bigger. I I have a question though. Is there a weight division that they're in that I'm not aware of? No. That like, was my main question like, here. Like like if if Jericho had like three too many white Russians last week, <laughs> can he did. not compete for the title? Like I mean that I mean I understand if it's like here's a light heavyweight division, you've got to be under 225 pounds or whatever. That makes sense. They used to do a, a gimmick with Buddy Murphy on 205 Live. You have yeah. to do a weigh-in before every every match because it was right at the limit. Christian that had to take sense. a dump back in the day. <laughs> but <laughs> in this in this case, the whole weigh-in thing seems like, okay, so great. We got the stats, but I don't know what that – is that for just for the tail of the tape? That is something what? I want to see in WWE as well. I want to see Christian pass off the chicken suit to somebody <laughs> and, and – you got to have the Kurt Angle thing. Hey, my chicken suit again. Uh, the the greatest call in Jim Ross's career is those damn dipping dots didn't do anything to anybody. That was good. It it's right up there with the uh, with the um, the uh, million dollar princess has become a Dairy Queen. It's right up there. Well, we have AEW Revolution on Saturday. We're going to make our predictions. We'll go through this fairly quickly. We have Pac versus Orange Cassidy. I got Pac winning this one unless something happens and Cassidy wins and it sends Pac down a very deranged, dangerous road. Alex, uh, I just I just want to see you convulse right now. No, no, like, uh, the uh, Pac Peckney should win it, but... One of my favorite things the Neville character, the bastard Neville character did uh, during his last run in WWE was when he lost the Cruiserweight Championship to Akira Tozawa for like six days. But the night the night after he lost it, he came out and it looked like he hadn't slept. Yes. Like he looked like the walking dead. He was so distraught by losing the title. So I can imagine him losing to Orange Cassidy would send him to a dark and scary place that he might not recover from, which would be cool for his character, because anything that makes him more of a bastard is good. Perhaps a more uh, creatively satisfying version of that as well, where you mm-hmm. can do yes, a little bit course. more. Warren, what do you got? There's a great story to tell here with uh, with Orange Cassidy getting the win. I'm going to angle for that. I'm going to go for that, because because it's Orange Cassidy's first match. I think I think he needs to shut up a lot of haters and there's something very satisfying about orange cassidy the penultimate uh irony wrestler defeating one of the most serious wrestlers a guy that is objectively seen as one of the best and who was 
liked by all the purists getting getting the loss. There's something very satisfying. Jake Hager versus Dustin Rhodes. You would think that they had wrestled a bunch, but they've actually only wrestled one singles match on TV on WWE main event like seven, eight years ago, and it went 16 minutes. I think Jake Hager's winning this. Dustin Rhodes is bulletproof for him. Jake's winning. I agree. Um, probably the match I'm least excited to to see, but I, I mean, I'm Dustin. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And Rhodes has proven me wrong ever since he's been in AEW. So uh, prove me wrong. I'm looking forward to it. But yeah, Hager should win. Uh, again, my my whole thing with, with Jake Hager has been like, what is he there for? What is what is he there for if not if if not to be the heavy who beats up people? And I feel Dustin Rhodes is kind of bulletproof. He doesn't need to win matches. But at the same time, like I'm utterly unimpressed with Jake Hager so far. So I can't really pick him to win. <laughs> And so you're going with... I'll go with Dustin Rhodes just because why not? Sammy... Because screw Jake Hager. <laughs> Sammy Guevara against Darby Allen. Seems like Darby Allen's getting a bit of a push, so I, I think we're going to go with Darby Allen here. Uh, Alex? Yeah, same thing. Warren? Oh, it's the, it's the most natural selection. <laughs> Cody versus MJF. Cody is the best baby face in wrestling. MJF, I think it's either him or Randy Orton up there, and that's – don't give me no Baron Corbin shit, guys. It, it ain't close. You got this feud that's gone on for four months, and they haven't touched yet. That's special. Warren, who you think's going to win? MJF. I do too. I think it'll send him into a different stratosphere. Mm -hmm. Alex? Yeah, no, the, he he sh he should he should win. I believe that he will as well. Nyla Rose defends against Chris Statlander. Do you think it it'll be Nyla Rose transitional champion? I mean, it seems like it'd be rough <clears throat> to have Chris lose two title matches in a row like that. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, you wonder if AEW is maybe I don't want to say uppity. But maybe uppity about a short title reign like that. Like, oh, well, we don't do that. Well, we don't know what they do yet. Alex, what do you think they'll do? Well, I mean, I, I wouldn't be opposed to, to Nyla being a transitional champion, but a transitional to Chris Statlander who, like, I still don't know what, what she is or does. Like, there's no, there's no like, Neither build behind. Well, I mean, yeah, I know. But, like, it's, <laughs> yeah, but the idea is that Mason probably is because of the way that, that he treats her when she's in the ring. I don't know what, like, there's no, like, rising force behind that challenger makes you think, oh, well, that's who they actually want the belt on, which is why they did a transitional thing to get it off of Rio to get it to her. That doesn't feel like this at all to me. Yeah. So I think you, you can give Nyla a good long run, let her be a beast, until you have the right challenger to take it off of her. Warren. 
I think Nyla retains. This is a very odd match to put on. I, like, it does feel like it was thrown into, Weird. it was thrown onto the pay-per-view. Was, oh, we need a women's match. You know, we were talking about it last week when you had uh, Swole and Statlander come out to sort of stare down Nyla Rose. I would have really liked them to fight it out for a number one contendership spot. I know tonight's I know match the could have been a top contender match, and they could have ran Hikaru Shida. It seems weird that they would go right back to Chris Statlander unless yep. they wanted her to win. Because if she loses twice in a row, that's rough. Yeah, but I don't, I don't, I don't see them taking it off Nyla Rose just yet. Reminder, guys, leave a thumbs up on this video. It helps us out. Tap the subscribe. Hit the notifications bell. Kenny Omega and Hangman Page defend against the Young Bucks. I think this is Young Bucks time. I think this leads to Hangman and Omega. What says you, Warren? I hope the Young Bucks do something sniveling and disgusting so that it is very clear that they are the worst people in AEW. And and Hangman Page was right all along. And Kenny Omega is still stuck to find out what his allegiance is. I, I I hope it, the logical point in the story is that the Young Bucks win. Oh, and, and I'm excited for the boo-boo face gags on being the elite after this because Paige is going to be upset that he lost the title. Uh, Alex? I think I think you can do a, a thing with, with, um, with Young Bucks winning where they're not, uh, uh, like, let's say, on their face. Being a heel, if you want to put it that way, like not not being obvious with it, but like, oh no, a, a roll up um, where where um, there's a, conf- a confusion between Omega and Page, like just they're just taking advantage of it and they want to win the titles, so there's nothing wrong with it. That's how re- they want to win, and they just did it that way. And then Page can be super pissed at Omega for that miscommunication and super pissed at the Bucks for taking advantage of it. And just be a man uh, unto himself, an island. It, it'd be really cool if he's feuding with all three other guys at the same time. Jericho versus Moxley, AEW World Championship. Warren, is it time for Chris Jericho to lose the championship? <sighs> it's a tough one, isn't it? It is. It's a real, real tricky one, but I don't think so. I don't think you take it off Jericho just yet. There's there's so much value to him being world champion and being the the loudmouth jerk that he is. Give us another round with him and 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 Moxley. Raise the stakes for another for another big pay per view. I'm okay with that. Now I don't I don't want to see them running back rematch 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 when their pay per views are like two three months apart. I think that's tough and it's weird to think because it feels so young that Jericho's mm-hmm. reign is six months that's in true. already because. They do it so well. It doesn't feel like it. It doesn't feel like we're clock watching with this type of thing. I no, think, I agree. I think Mox wins, though. You think? Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure it's time yet. I really don't. I think there's more Me gas. Uh, I think there's more gas here. Alexander, um, I, 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 I agree that there's there's there is more they could do with Jericho. But what I was talking about with that rising force behind a challenger to the champion. That feels like Moxley's been having it for for months now. Like this, he's been pushed toward this thing, always like on the precipice. You know, he's the guy who's gonna take it from Jericho. He is. It's a matter of when, and they can yeah. do it now, or they can put it off for a couple of months. 
but he's the guy who's going to take it off of Jericho. If it's if he's not the guy, they're doing it wrong. Guys, if you all want to support us directly, subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. One of our subscribers, Zachary Schimmel, he he gets a plug during his tier, and he just said, I want you to plug the different tiers of Fightful Select <laughs> at the bottom. Hey, I'm, I'm all for that. I'm all for that. Tier 1 starts at 5 bucks every week. You get Alex Pawlowski reviewing Raw and SmackDown, one of our more popular shows. Every Monday, I give you the Backstage Report podcast, which has exclusive backstage news that you only get at Fightful.com. Contract, stats, injury updates. Every other week, I do the Q&A podcast. Once we hit 500 subs, I'll be doing that every week. Every month, myself and Warren or myself and Zach or somebody else does a retro review. We have a very interesting method coming up for our March edition that you guys are going to really dig. Every weekend, Steven Jensen does the Weekender podcast, which uh, covers NWA, Ring of Honor, New Japan, Beyond, all that good stuff. UK, 205, lots of stuff there. You get exclusive news on that opening tier. You get the uh, archives of the Dark Match Commentary. Uh, where we do commentary over some uh, WWE dark matches. There's just a ton of stuff there. One tier up, you get a ton of early access stuff and merchandise, early access to our interviews, to our articles, to our columns, to our video interviews, to the Fightful Wrestling Weekly. Just a ton of stuff there. You get the Russo Reveals archives. If you're into that kind of thing, maybe you're not. The Stupid (laughs) People Extended Archives. Then you can go one up. You can even appear on podcasts. You can suggest topics for podcasts. Check it out. And also, remember, Thursday, we have the Sands of Time post-show podcast. Usually, that time slot on Thursdays belongs to our lead wrestling writer, Jeremy Lambert, and uh, Joe Holbert. But they're going to be joining me on the post-show So make sure you guys tune in. Now we have WWE NXT. Alex, your your thoughts in totality on this show? Disjointed, you know. I mean, there's a lot of stuff, uh, you know. There's some stuff to like and some stuff to to not like. And usually there's way more stuff to like. And tonight that was not the case. There was just some stuff I was like, this doesn't seem to be going anywhere. This is a really weird booking decision or this is really lazy creative or whatever it just doesn't feel didn't feel like like nxt to me felt like, like a it, lazy ass show didn't it yeah it really did it, it doesn't bode well cameron grimes defeated dominic dijakovic warren i know you're you're a proponent of the hat and i mm-hmm. like cameron grimes mm-hmm. but I don't know if the best way to get me interested in a program is to have a guy coming off of a loss lose some more. Damian Priest came out and cost Dominic Dijakovic the match. And when he was asked later why, he goes, because he's in my way and now Keith Lee knows exactly what I want. And I'm like, was he in your way though? Because I mean, he did just lose. So I could see the match was a banger, match of the night. Sure. I mean, like Keith Lee and Dijak like had that meeting of the minds in the in the in the in the, in the ring, mm-hmm. and Keith Lee said, "Maybe we are going to fight forever." Yeah. So Priest said, "No, I don't want you guys to fight forever. It's my turn now," which is like which made sense that he did the attack. It's like um, Keith Lee is there though. He works on the same brand. 
Right. Just beat him up. <laughs> I suppose that's that's true. It, it all depends. It's all tactics. It's all tactics. I don't I don't know if there's if you can really do a surprise attack on Keith Lee and walk away with your with your life intact. That would make you it know? more impressive. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I suppose that's true. Um, I, I did like that they that they gave Cameron Grimes the win with a really great looking cave in on on oh, Dijak. Yeah. That was really cool looking. Most uh, of the stuff he does looks great though. Yeah, He's just I, so I, good. I, I'm a huge fan of him minus the hat. But I will say that um, I, I I thought that it was kind of, it kind of made sense. Um, for for Priest to come in and 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 save his buddy, who looks like he's in the same classic rock cover band as he is, mm-hmm. like uh, like Cameron Grimes absolutely plays bass in the classic rock cover band that Damian Priest is the lead vocalist on. Um, but I, the whole thing was 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 good. I liked it, and I'm 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 down to get more Damian Priest versus Dijak because the matches they've had have been really sick. Um, and yeah, I, I'm NXT's that kind of place where there's always. Room for new blood in title pictures. And, yeah, give me a Damian Priest versus Keith Lee match. Sure, why not? Will Power says, coming in late, was at AEW here in Kansas City tonight. Did the dad bod chant make air? I didn't hear it. I did not hear it. I did not hear it. Don't know. Weird chant. Something that I just loved. William Regal backstage says, hey, take over Tampa. There's going to be a ladder match. It's going to be a top contender match. And we're going to do qualifying matches for that. That way you give oh. a shit about a few of our matches. I love it. They should be doing this for every Elimination Chamber, too. Yep, yep. Um, the the qualifying qualifying matches thing like had my heart a flutter because that's all I've been asking for on these Me Elimination too. Chamber stuff. Just why? Like, just because you are a woman on Raw does not mean you get to be in the Raw Women's Elimination Chamber match. Why is Sarah Logan even sniffing a title shot? Yep. Like, whatever. This this makes a lot of sense um, to have because you don't want Rhea Ripley in a match at TakeOver if she's got her giant title match versus Charlotte the next night. So you set it up so whoever wins that ladder match on Saturday, they're the next in line for whoever wins Rhea versus Charlotte. And whoever loses that is the back of the line. I'm, I'm assuming that Charlotte if she were to lose, would not be the back of the line of NXT, would just go back to Raw. But in that case, I, there's so much stakes for all of these qualifying matches, and Lord knows they have enough women in NXT that like they could have a surprise. You could have a Caden Carter or somebody surprise somebody and get into that ladder match, and she could probably do a couple of cool spots. Or you yeah. could have all, the, all the, the top women we know deserve to be in there. The ladder match, they've already sold me on this women's ladder match. It didn't take over Tampa. I'm ready for it. You know, I, I'm I'm just want to throw this out there. You know what? Maybe in the lead up, you know, after the women start getting their qualifiers, you know how they have, you know, when you go to WrestleMania and you point to the sign. Well, the Tampa the Tampa logo yes. is on the floor. Point so maybe have the, the wrestlers point to the floor. Uh, a thing that I, I kind of skipped over: Charlotte entered the arena and she makes William Regal open the door for her. I thought that was a good touch there. Finn Balor comes out to the ring, says he's the guy in NXT, and says that he's built brands, Japan, Mexico, Intercontinental. I mean, like half of that was utter bullshit. <laughs> like uh, the crowd ate it up, but I'm sitting there listening, and I'm like, really? Ah, that Intercontinental title one run wasn't that great. The Universal title run didn't like barely existed. I guess what he's saying is like I've been the I've been that champion. Sure, like, sure, like sure. That this is this is a belt I once held. Like yes. is different than well, being 
a yeah. great champion. Imperium comes out, Barthel and Eichner, and say that, well, you haven't defeated Walter. And he'd like to send Finn his regards, and he gets beaten up. Is Finn going to be a baby face in this, or are they going to go heal? They're doing it in Dublin. They're doing yeah, well, this. Take, they take yeah. over in Dublin. He's uh, being he's a baby some, face. He, here's my thing. I, I know they're going to do it in Dublin, and they should. That is a main event for a pape. Oh, but I don't want to see him cutting babyface promos. No, I don't. No, no. What he should, what he should, what he should do tonight. What he should, what he should do is what he did tonight. Come out there, be uber confident. People will respect that. Just, just don't demean the show you're on and demean yeah. the crowd you're speaking to. And it, like basically, all Drew McIntyre did to go from dastardly healed super over babyface was say the same stuff. But like, be happier about it, and I don't not know, yeah. immediately shit on the crowd. I think he that's should smile and pop his collar a few times. I think that's no. that, that's a proven <laughs> no. success formula. No. Not how about not just do that? You can add the co- the po- collar pop back in like every other week, <laughs> but but like small doses. Maybe, maybe he pops just, it and then he looks down. and He's like, I'm gonna put that back down. <laughs> that is nice. I like that. <laughs> I like that. Oh boy! Wednesday night SmackDown continued with Zaya Lee versus Mia Yim. <laughs> Zaya Lee looked good. Uh, Mia Yim was fine in this. I I think that her character work still has a long way to go. Uh, I I don't buy that that character, but Zaya Lee looks like she's going to be something. And you want to talk about a jump from her first match, which by the way was in the May Young Classic. Definite. Uh, Dakota Kai comes out. And causes a distraction, because this is Wednesday Night SmackDown, and Zia Lee gets the win. Raquel Gonzalez attacks Mia uh, before taking out Zaya when she tries to save her. So you know we're getting a tag match. Another dove cries. Um, I, I thought that what would have really helped this is if they had announced it, this is the first qualifying match for the ladder match. And then Zaya gets in because she takes advantage of the, of the her like sneaking a roll up was kind of weird that considering that she immediately went and helped Mia Yim a second later. Mm-hmm. So if if it had been for that reason, and then Mia Yim is justifiably pissed because because I don't care like they haven't yet established a universal rule. If you win the match, your purse is twice as big as the, if you lose yes. the match. If they do that, then that's a reason for me and him to be pissed that she lost the match and for Zia Lee to sneak a win. Otherwise, there's no heat between Zia Lee and Mia Yim. So the whole distraction finish doesn't really work unless there's something on the line. Um, but I, 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 I'll tell you what, um, Raquel Gonzalez, um, RIP Reina Gonzalez, um, uh, looks really impressive. That giant choke slam thing looks really yeah. good coming from her. I mean, I don't know how much she's how green she is elsewhere, but that's a really fun move. I'd like to see them establish a couple teams off of this. I mean, I, we've seen Mia Yim try to win that title. It just it wasn't for me. It wasn't for me. And Zia Lee, I think, needs somebody like Mia Yim, who is seasoned and has navigated the water, so to speak. And you know, have Oscar and Kyrie run around down there for a while, if assuming they're champions after yeah. Mania. Yeah. Come back to a promo by Velveteen Dream. He says he wants Roderick Strong in a steel cage match next week. Cool. Austin Theory, Tommaso Ciampa, 
Warren, the, this was good, but the finish or the winner was never in doubt, right? Well, no, but as we often like to say, it's not because the ending is predictable that the uh, that, that the road to isn't interesting. Uh, from what I I was able to, to to glimpse between both shows, it looked fine. It 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 looked perfectly perfectly uh, uh, serviceable serviceable as far as matches go. Um, and yeah, but I mean, there was no. There was no question that Tommaso Ciampa was going to win here. But, I mean, good. Good that they're putting Austin Theory on more. That Clearly, they have uh, – they're looking forward to making him a star because he has, he has all the elements that WWE loves in their stars. So, yeah, and he's like, what, 22? Something like that? Something ridiculous yeah. like that? Uh, you, sure. He's got a great, great career ahead of him. Excited for Jake Atlas and Austin Theory to become everything they wanted Tino and Riddick Moss to be. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Just, just several inches shorter, and guys that could actually work. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, um, by the way, I, Tino Tino is back. I started the Fightful injury report a year and a half ago. This is the first week he's not been on it. He's been out for two years. Yeah. Good for him. Really, I mean that. Good for him. Yes. Um, I, 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 I liked the match. This is a cool way of giving a young guy a rub going against Tommaso Ciampa, who's the grandfather of NXT at this point. Like, yeah. it, people love this guy. He's, he feels like he's been there forever. Like, he spanned two generations. You go back to the original DIY stuff when they were facing the revival to like to like his turn on Gargano and then his run as champ and becoming a guy we actually root for now. Like it's a crazy line that he spanned. Like I'm pretty sure Austin Theory was like 15 years old when he debuted. Yeah. Like in an instant. <laughs> like it's been a long, crazy long time. So I like that he's given given a rub by like by working with this guy. Um, and Austin Theory, there was a um, an interesting thing that happened at the end. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Gargano comes out, brawls with Champa. Theory tries to get involved. To me, this screams out Theory getting a win over somebody down the line because yeah. he's involved. What what yes. says you? I I love the idea of Gargano taking Theory under his wing and like using Theory as like he's way bigger than Gargano, but he's still a small guy like comparatively. But I love the idea of Gargano like letting other dudes fight his battles for him. Because this guy who comes out for a brawl dressed in a, a powder blue uh, blazer, like that's if that's the heel we're gonna get from from uh, from Johnny Gargano, uh, okay, let's let's see where this where this goes. But he's uh, he's definitely got a different that that yeah. thing that he did where he, he sat on the uh, on the apron and instead of doing the super fast clap and the pat on the back thing that that Champa does, he uses a slow clap, staring dead eyed out into the audience like he's being ironic, dude. Okay. I mean, I'm I'm willing to see where this goes, but I am disappointed that we're probably going to do Gargano versus Ciampa one on one again. Except this time, Johnny's the heel, as opposed to I don't know anything else. Yeah, because understandable. I, I, there's so many other fresh combinations you could do. NXT has had that habit traditionally of going to the well too many times. The yeah. thing, I mean, like God, that that whole Balor, Rude, Joe Nakamura era. It was. Yeah. I just got so tired, and you always knew the result. You yeah. always knew who was going to win that. Uh, I, I would like to see that disrupt a little bit. We saw the Undisputed Era disrupted, so to speak. This might be the most Undisputed Era light 
episode of NXT that we have seen since the move to USA. Uh, Warren, how does that make you feel? I, I could do for a little bit of a rest, but that being said, I feel like the show might have suffered a little bit as a result. Well, who knows, you know, but maybe so. Maybe it was a quieter episode of NXT because uh, because the stars weren't on. The draws weren't there, maybe. Yeah. Um, I, no riddle or done I, either. Really, no riddle no or done riddle as well. Done. But here's the thing. It's like, you know, uh, I know we're in the NXT portion, you know, but sometimes sometimes it, it you don't have to see everyone every week. Yeah. On Dynamite tonight, we did not see Cody in the ring, who is – objectively speaking, the most over guy in the entire company. He wasn't there. And I'm okay with that. No Britt Baker, okay with no the... MJF. Exactly. So I'm I'm okay with them taking a break. Just like this week, we're not going to be as involved, and you're going to miss us. So that when we come back next week, well, you'll be happier to see us. We've talked about this numerous times, especially when they were in the midst of the, of the we're so sick of you Roman push. Just take yeah. Roman off a couple of weeks and then have him come back and then we'll we'll be a little more excited to see him rather than having the same people on TV all the time. I'm okay with that. Well, normally I'd call this match a sirloin beef sons of bitches match, but instead I'm going to call it a, a bridesmaids match because these are <laughs> never the brides, always the bridesmaids. Bronson Reed, Killian Dane, Killian Dane wins. It's just I, I've seen these guys – get beaten with such regularity it's like okay maybe something will come of it but the track record shows me that i probably shouldn't necessarily put much stock into this match because neither one has been protected that much alex your thoughts yeah this is that weird part of the lower mid card where um i don't remember if Bronson Reed won or lost his last match because it didn't matter, and 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 this match, losing to Killian Dane, will it ultimately matter? I don't know. Yeah. Will Killian Dane ultimately gain something from winning this match? I would say yes, if only because I think they're going to put him on uh, Takeover UK uh, in in Dublin because he's an Irish guy, and I feel like they're trying to get all the Irish guys on the show in some way. I don't know how. I don't know in what way. He's certainly not going to face Jordan Devlin for the Cruiserweight title. But um, it, I feel like Dane hasn't been on TV in forever. And I'm pretty sure the last time I saw Bronson Reed, he was winning a match. So it just feels like these guys are all treading water in that weird lower mid-card uh, area. But again, that lower mid-card area is, is so interesting with NXT because all you got to do is let a guy win three matches in a row and immediately he's in title contention. Yes. So who knows what they're going to do with any with any of these people? Um, but uh, but I thought the I thought the match was fine. I I really do like Bronson Reed a lot. Who by the way is absolutely the drummer in that uh, fictional <laughs> classic rock band that is fronted by Damian Priest. But I, I think that this is um, a, a a really cool thing to be able to get to see these guys who we wouldn't normally see because you're given all this time to the undisputed era. So on a week that they're not there, we get to see two guys wrestle, and I thought the match was fine. But again, I don't know where it's going to go. Yeah. We're a little short on time, so let's uh, talk about the main point, really the only yeah. one that matters, this Forgotten Son Grizzled Young Veterans match, something you brought up on Twitter, Alex. There ain't a real reason to cheer the Forgotten Sons, so glad they didn't. And the right yeah. team won. The Grizzled Young Veterans have the upside. They're a good team. They cut good promos. 
I'm glad they won. Yeah. They come out and they, they're laying it on extra thick, trying to get heat by saying, oh, everybody's a bunch of rednecks. And and then the, basically, like, you've booed the Forgotten Sons since their inception as a team. You've always hated them. The fact that they get to come out and wave a flag and you're supposed to, like, now their baby faces is just lazy, jingoistic bullshit. I don't, I don't, I've never been down for it. And I, I guess won't, they didn't forget those sons, huh? Yeah. Yeah, um, but okay, great. I'm mean, the right team. One, I just, I, I, I hope this isn't like leading to a prolonged same between the Forgotten <laughs> Sons, where eventually they come out on top because America. I, I'm, I'm not into it. The Never Forget Sons. I, I can't yeah. wait. Yeah. <sighs> Tegan Knox says that you know, talks about her cage match. Cool. Yeah. Charlotte Flair defeated Bianca Belair via pinfall, so we ain't getting a triple threat match. It no, is going to be Charlotte. It is going to be Rhea Ripley. Uh, we had a couple super chats. Uh, I think it was Hannah Moore that said, yeah, Rhea doing the stomp instead of going to the ring was a choice. Yeah, that was odd. And Rob says, did Ripley look confused at the end of NXT? She sure did, because that was weird. Yeah. Um, to me, it's like, why book it? Why have the match? Why have the match? And considering what was on the rest of this show, kind of see why, because you needed a legit main event. Oh, yeah. But uh, Andrew Thompson, Fightful alumni, brought something up on Twitter that I thought rang home pretty well. They're going to put her, put Bianca in Braun territory, where yeah. she could be the girl, very raw, the potential is there. You could get by on accentuating the positives, hiding the negatives. But pretty soon, you're just going to have her out there going, Cricket Wireless has the nation's leading wireless she's, network. And She's so damned charismatic, and that yeah. counts for so much in this business. You, she, she's a license to print money. Like, she really is. Like, there's a whole subsection of fandom that you're not speaking to that you can add on to this because the people who already watch your program like her anyway. So then if you push her, you're going to add more people to it. Like, I don't understand why you would – whatever. Um, the the end – if there's no way Charlotte is, is hurt by losing via DQ. If she was just going to try and break her ankle with a chair anyway, do it before the pinfall – because also, if Rhea was just going to come out and R-U-N-N-O-F-T Charlotte, then do that without the – it was also like a really quick – like it didn't seem like there was any build to the natural selection, which which caused the pinfall anyway. Like Trickster Bianca says, Belair. Trickster sends a super chat and says, Charlotte needs a new finisher. It's so bad. I, I would make that a transition move yes, because it's yeah, too hit or miss really to is. use as a finish. It really is. Alec um, or Warren, any any thoughts on the decision to put Charlotte over Bianca? I mean, I, I get Charlotte winning because mania, sure. Right, sure. But it's like Bianca could be special. They don't have any desire to build people strong, 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 strong. They have them win one match and they go hot. They're good now. Believe us, they're good now. Your thoughts? Uh, 
you were talking earlier about Killian Dane and uh, and Bronson being uh, the the bridesmaids. There you have it. That's what she is, and it is by design at this point. And I don't understand it. I really don't, because I even find I'm, I I've always liked Bianca, but her work so far in late 2019, 2020 has made me much more of a believer in what she does. I don't know. There's something that happened. There's a switch. Something occurred where I think her work has been elevated. She hasn't been this good uh, for, for a while. Of course she wasn't winning Portland because they telegraphed the ending by doing the Rhea Ripley Charlotte stuff before it. And it pissed me off. But then was like, well, maybe they're going to do the triple threat. No, they're, they're, they've canceled that. So, and, and to underscore Alex's point, go to Twitter, go to any social media outlet that follows wrestling and look at, look at the subsection of fans that are people of color and see how they are reacting to this yeah. and see how they reacted to when Naomi made her return or when Bianca started showing, started standing up to Charlotte and so on and so forth. Why would you not want to get that fan base animated? Why would you not want to add more people to watch your programming? It's not as if the people are tuning in in droves at every quarter hour. This isn't like this isn't like a subsection of marks that are happy. When Kofi Kingston won the championship, MVP cried. There's a mm -hmm. video of WWE alumni who hadn't been there in years watching intently yeah there's, Pe there's people of color have been grossly yeah, yeah. misbooked yeah. for decades oh yeah and, and, and i will is... argue just real quick yeah. i will argue that bianca's gimmick if you want to call it as such is maybe a little difficult to to relate for older white dudes as opposed to and I'm not just people of color, even younger audiences understand what she's doing. And it's not as if a, a, a WWE and NXT is scoring high yeah. in the younger demos. Yeah. And there's reasons for that, yet they have the tools to do so. They had Kazim Famuya Day on their fucking writing team. Right. And yeah. I, I can't pretend that I'm super familiar with things that he wrote, but I can tell you what, guys plugged in, he knows what he knows what's hot at any given point and seems like the kind of mind that you would want around to say, ah, you know what? This isn't good. And, and I'm not talking about pertaining to any certain gender, any certain race, anything like that. Just anything. Yeah. And I mean, the thing that the thing about it is every dollar that you get spent on your stuff by somebody young or a person of color is extra money you have coming in because you already locked down the middle-aged white dude fan base. They're already giving you their cash. Evidently, they're not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, so so you can add other money by by pushing extra people who aren't normally pushed by you. It's just yep. just as as a business tip. As we wrap up, we saw some vignettes, a ticking clock. We've seen Killer Cross doing the TikTok thing for quite a while, and by that I mean a clock, not the app. Although I, <laughs> I would probably go to his TikTok. I, I would watch his TikToks personally. I think SmackDown needs him. I think SmackDown needs him way more, just because that that brand is 
It's a desert of top heels. It is, yeah. it is mm-hmm. dry. It's Beavis and Butthead walking around hallucinating in the desert. It's bad. <laughs> it's rough. Going good with the, the with the uh, '90s cartoons references, oh MTV cartoons just, again this week. Well, Sean. I mean, look look at some of the people on that roster, and you can see why I drew the Beavis and Butthead comparison. Sure. Like at this point, I'm begging somebody on SmackDown to take a bite of some funky plant and hallucinate for a few weeks. <laughs> Let Rob Zombie come book it like he did that movie. But Killer Cross, any any quick thoughts, Warren? Uh Wherever they decide to to have him show up, he's going to be uh, he's going to be a cornerstone. He's a guy that you can. He's the guy that has all the natural qualities. Smack, look, you know, SmackDown needs anything at this mm. point. It, it, it look, I don't like to do this kind of stuff. I really don't. But you can tell right now that Ron SmackDown are led by two different people with two very different visions, and there is one vision that is not connecting at all with what a modern wrestling audience wants. And I'm not even talking demos. I'm not even talking uh, uh, subsets of fans or ethnicity. I'm just talking about what we expect from a modern wrestling program. Uh, Sorry, but Mr. Pritchard is not cutting it right now. Yeah, I I would agree. Alex, um, any thoughts? Um, no, I, I agree uh, that you know Cross would probably be well served to be on SmackDown. Anybody would be to, to be able to have to, the, SmackDown would be well served to have that. Yes, yes. That, that's the opposite of I was what about I'm to saying. cuss at you because, again. No, 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 <laughs> uh, no, no. They would not be well served to be on SmackDown. SmackDown would be well served to have them and use them correctly. And they're gonna knows. feud him with Orange Cassidy. Yep. Um. My uh. My my, my hope is that if if they're really gonna keep using Bianca this way in NXT. She's 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 done there. She's 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 reached her ceiling. But yeah. you could absolutely put her put her on SmackDown, and she could Amazing. rule the roost over there. Mm-hmm. Like the the thing that, that there's a there's an uh, an article up on Fightful about how Naomi wanted to work with Bianca. Mm-hmm. Man, you could sell me on a Bianca and Naomi tag team together. They could run some shit. Yes, my it. my pitch: bring up Io Shirai, team her with the the Kabuki Warriors. Let him free bird the titles against Naomi and Bianca for a damn year. That would that would cornerstone the women's tag division, and it would be unmissable every time those women got in the ring together. And, and SmackDown could use that, honestly. And the, the titles yeah. are floating, so let's do it. Yep, exactly. SJ Sharks ref sends a super chat and says, Super Showdown should have been named No Way Out. Very funny. I see what you did there. <laughs> Warren, tell the people where they can find you. YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. I do a my own wrestling weekly wrap-up show. Turns out that it's tomorrow, Thursday evening, 9 p.m. Eastern. You can join me live there. Or you can also follow me on Twitter at Mr. Warren Hayes. Alex. I am at Alex Sourgraphs on the Twitter. Uh, twice a week, belatedly, I'll talk about uh, Raw and SmackDown. And, uh, you know, if they're good, I'll say it but they're usually not good, so they say that. <laughs> you can find me at Fightful. Listen, your boy podcast was today. We had a new segment, a new Q&A segment, but hey, if you want an hour of Q&As, did it over at FightfulSelect.com today. Subscribe, show us some love. If you're in Tampa, WrestleMania week, 
Sean Ross Sapp, Serve Tall, presented by Primetime Pro Wrestling, April 2nd. Check out WrestleCon. I'll be there. Hope you are too. But this weekend, I'm in Chicago, Saturday. It looks like I'm going to be going to Black Label Pro. Um, so I'm going to go to Indiana after I fly to Chicago, then try to make it back to Chicago by the time AEW starts. And I'm hoping to stream the scrums live on YouTube.com slash Fightful. Until next time, guys, I got to piss. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.